Welcome to the No More Late Fees podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Jackie. And we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees re-watching some of the best and worst movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. This week, we are talking about the 2004 adventure comedy Without a Paddle. But before we dive in, let's get into some housekeeping. That felt really good. Okay. (laughs) I I believe it when I hear it. If you love the podcast and you want to support us, here are a few ways that you can. Did you know writing a review and or rating us helps us get more listeners? If you want to be featured and help us grow, head to Apple, Spotify, Podchasers, iHeartRadio, Good Pods, or any of your favorite podcast platforms and leave us a review. And if you like what you hear and want to buy us a virtual cup of coffee, aka a one-time donation, head on over to ko-fi.com slash no more late fees. And we all know it's hot out in this bitch right now, and the sun is going to ruin your face. So why not protect your head and your face with a wonderful No More Late Fees bucket hat? That's right, people. We've got merch. Head over to nomorelatefees.redbubble.com and check out the array of wonderful collectibles that you can use to save your skin, but also look cool. I was watching Sweet Home Alabama last night, and one of the guys at the beginning of Hitch that Hitch helps Mm -hmm. is in it. I was like, hey, that's that guy that I said Hitch is out here turning threes into playas. I was like, that's a t-shirt we have. Well, tell us about the, the movie Without a Paddle. Without a Paddle is the tale of three childhood friends who decide to complete their dream of finding D.B. Cooper's treasure after reuniting at their friend Billy's funeral. Misadventure ensues as the trio encounters waterfalls, pot farmers, and bears in the pursuit of their quest. It stars Matthew Lillard, Seth Green, Dak Shepard, Ethan Supley, Supley? Oh. Abraham Benruby, Burt Reynolds, and Bart the Bear. It di- uh, it's directed by Stephen Brill, the story is by Fred Wolf, Harris Goldberg, and Tom Nursall. The screenplay is by Jan- Jay Leggett and Mitch Rouse, and you can currently watch it on Stars or rent it on YouTube. But before we start, let's get into our ratings rewind. So you know the drill. Before we get into the movie, we'll reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves would give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current cells agree with our initial rating. Our scale consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would play on repeat. Five-day rental. Would watch again. Two-day rental. Okay, but nothing to write home about. And same-day rental. Some backwoods straight-up trash. A shit bomb, if you would say. (laughs) There are those two in in this movie. (laughs) So I just bit the bullet and said, fuck it. Fine. We'll finally do this movie. There is a list that of movies that Jackie loves that I I don't look forward to doing. And there is a list of movies that I can't wait to do that I know Jackie is going to want to pull her hair out. We've done a few on both sides. And this is one of the ones I had to bite the bullet on. So you're welcome, Jackie. I hope you loved it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So what is your Y2K rating? Never seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we are in for a treat. We're in for something. (laughs) (laughs) It is a would buy for me. I love this movie. And my dad loved this movie. He would sit down Mm. and watch it with me all the time. Uh, That makes it hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because when I was watching the movie, I had called my mom really quick. And she's like, well, what are you doing? I was like, I'm watching this stupid movie that I've never seen that we had to do on a podcast. Jackie loves it. She's like, you better stop, stop hating on Jackie's movies. Thank you, and Christine. <laughs> I was like, she hates our mind too. She doesn't like Parent Trap. She's like, just leave her alone. That's what she likes. Okay. <laughs> so I got Listen yelled Listen to your at. mother, Danielle. <laughs> but she don't yell at you and I just don't like that. I'm going to tell <laughs> Terry, this got to be even because I don't like this. It's because I'm the favorite. Whatever. <laughs> I didn't see your ass grilling for Myrtle's birthday, sweating in a hundred degree weather because she liked hot dogs. Where was the favorite then? I would have if I were there. Whatever. I was sweating. (laughs) Tell us about the box office. Fine. All right. So apparently this movie had a budget of $19 million. And also, surprise, surprise, it made a lot of money. It did. It made $73 million worldwide. Didn't see that one coming. (laughs) (laughs) It ranked second in its opening weekend behind newcomer Exorcist The Beginning, which earned over $13 million. And Dennis Harvey of Variety called it, I like this review, it's very (laughs) interesting. He called it, an unstable, if mostly painless, mix of low comedy, stabs at higher silliness, and schmaltz. That's a good I one. don't know what the full definition of schmaltz is, but it's just like the word itself just kind of describes it. You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't have to know the definition for me to know, you know? Entertainment Weekly's Scott Brown was more positive and wrote, there are some genuinely clever moments of physical comedy and the inevitable crudeness of offset, oh, crudeness is offset by winning whimsy. Without has all the freshness of moldering playboys stashed under a mattress, but it evokes what few boys will be boys larks can, chumminess. I mean, I felt it. They all got along so well. You felt like, well, I mean- we know Seth and Matthew have been in a few movies together, and so there's probably camaraderie there. And Which then... movies have they been in so far? So they were in, <clears throat> so they were in the second Scooby Doo movie together. Yeah. What else? Is there anything else? I'm looking up right now. Well, while you look that up, let's talk about casting because it's very interesting who could have played some of these roles. Jamie Kennedy was in talks to play Jerry, who was actually played by Matthew Lillard, which, great, glad about it. He decided to do Son of the Mask instead. Bad choice, Jamie. Real bad choice. I'm not saying I was happy to do this movie, but I am deathly scared of having to do Son of the Mask. (laughs) 
So not a great choice. Justin Long was in talks to play the role of Dan, which I kind of think worked out because I think he would have looked too young in -hmm. comparison. So that role ended up going to Seth Green, which was perfect. He ended up doing dodgeball, which I still, I think that's a great, that was a great choice for him. And then Ashton Kutcher was in talks to play Tom, but he turned it down so that he could do the butterfly effect. I I would have, huh? I think that tracks. I could see Ashton Kutcher. I, yes, I would have. I that the out of all these castings, that's the only thing that makes me sad because, literally, I would have taken Jamie Kennedy. I would have taken Matthew Lillard or Ashton Kutcher instead of Jack Shepard. I think as time has progressed, I realize that I do not like him. I like him on Parenthood. That is the exception. I think Kristen deserves better. And that's where I stand. I enjoy Dak Shepard, but that's okay. I just, I, you know what it is? It's not even his acting or the roles he's played. It's him as a person and listening to his podcast every now and again. And some of the things like, because they're so like over, they're overly open about their life in a sense that it makes me side eye some stuff. And the next time we have a movie with him, I'm just going to write some examples of some of the things that he has said that has just like rubbed me the wrong way. Because I don't want it to seem like I'm just nitpicking, which mm-hmm. even if I was, who cares? But some, some uh, my gut instinct does is so I right with that one. So I right. <laughs> just can't, can't put my finger on it. Shall we start? Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it done. I've got, I'm not drinking wine. This is the drink of my peoples. This is called Sorrow. It's delicious. Okay, so without a paddle starts, we get this montage of these four preteens. They're just hanging out, doing what preteen boys do. Literally, season one of Stranger Things. That's all you have to think about. Dressing up as Ghostbusters, riding their bikes. Less outdoor stuff on stranger things but they were outdoors building forts it's like a mix of stranger things and stand by me that's what the beginning felt felt like yes and then we see them as like in their late teens maybe 18 19 saying goodbye to billy as he's (laughs) off on his adventures danielle did you notice who billy was as soon as i saw those that that no lip bandit i knew who it was I knew who it was. I was like, wait a minute. I've seen those no lips before. <laughs> Do you care to share? Hold <laughs> now I want to call him Commander, but that's not his name. The boys. What's his name on there again? Okay, wait. Once I saw those no lips, I knew it was Homelander. I just knew it. And it's funny because before he played Homelander, I never, like, I thought he was brand new. But now I see all these other things that he's in and I'm like, what's that? But for real though, like, he really should invest. It's not even his bottom lip, it's that top lip. It's like when you're draw- drawing a lip and it's that line, that's mm-hmm. it. It's like the Lord got distracted. <laughs> 
when he was making his lips and just it's oh, like he Lord, put Danielle. <laughs> he did the top lip and like Jesus came in and said dad I'm not turning water into wine anymore and he's like what <laughs> and then by the time he came back oh I'm behind schedule and so whoop, down the assembly <laughs> he does have it, it reminds me of master of disguise the turtle lip <laughs> the master of disguise he 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 should get some some injectables i'm just saying it would change his life it really would mm. it, it's hard to like him now anyway since he's been homelander yeah but that lip change could change him from homelander to like superman you know what i'm saying <laughs> well clark kent glasses situation or maybe like captain america but I don't know what that ass is looking like. So <laughs> the Lord could have gotten distracted there as well. So hey. we start getting, we're, we're introduced to the main characters now as adults. Tom, who's played by Dak Shepard. He's kind of like a shyster. He has all of these stories or I know a guy. He's pretty much just a pathological liar. Mm-hmm. And he has a gambling problem. Uh, I do want to go back to the scene as them as teenagers, because like (laughs) all I kept thinking was that I knew that the next scene, no matter what I knew it was going to be like them as teens, Mm because you see Billy as like in his high school gown. So I'm like, oh, okay. I wonder who they got to play them as teens. I said, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty bad. They all look way too old. They just they... put them in some like late 80s attire, early <laughs> 90s attire and called it good. Yeah, because I think they graduated like 92 or something yeah. with a banner. Was not believing that. Poor Matthew Lillard. As much as he always looked younger to me than like I knew he was older, but he kind of fit in, mm-hmm. in playing younger roles. Not this time. <laughs> like a full grown-ass man (laughs) so we do mean matthew lillard jerry who is played by matthew lillard next he's kind of just like a businessman he's pretty bored in his like board meetings yeah i don't know if he's like an accountant apparently i think he works with numbers or something so i thought maybe he was and he has a girlfriend he forgets their anniversary even though she's like laying down the hints thick. I I mean, I don't know why she didn't just say, I, it, I, I hate to put the responsibility on her, mm-hmm. but it's like, I feel like collectively we have to come together and just choose w- one or two maybe anniversaries we're going to celebrate. What first date? I don't know what I did last week. I don't remember the date of our first date. I always, I guess, I guess there, there could be like when we made it official and like we're exclusive or whatever, but I've always done first date. Really? Like our anniversary. Yeah. Okay. But I think we've never had to have that discussion of like, like we were always immediately exclusive. So yeah it's one and the same I figured like 
it it made more sense to me once they once I realized that they weren't married and that they were just boyfriend and girlfriend because usually I just feel like after you get married then your anniversary I guess you're counting how long you've been together versus how long you've been married but I'm just right. like big one <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stress so the girlfriend's pissed off uh, Denise is pissed off she starts packing He's like, oh, are we going on a trip? She's like, no, pretty much I'm leaving you. I I refuse to play the nagging girlfriend any longer. And his response. Do you remember what his response was? I was too distracted at the fact that she put the suitcase on her bed. That was done after that. (laughs) He says, would nagging wife make you happier? So he's not in a great spot. And in the middle of this, they're not really arguing. She's kind of just packing and trying to GTFO. But his phone rings. It's his mom. And he finds out that Billy has passed away. He has to go to his hometown. I was a little surprised. Like, even though she's pissed at him, like, if I would imagine if your boyfriend got that call, you kind of put your fight on the kind of right i'm surprised she didn't go with him yeah i agree then we see dan played by seth green he is a doctor dr mott and apparently his name is a nod to the hand that rocks the cradle so he plays the mild-mannered dan mott who shares his name with dr victor mott from the hand that rocks the cradle so (laughs) okay there (laughs) oddly enough and we see poor dan he's got a ton of phobias obviously he's a smaller individual is picked on a lot bullied and so he's pulling into his spot like the sign says reserved for dr mott and this crazy man parks in his spot Played by Scott Atsit, who we just saw an Italian job in another, like, car situation. So I was just like, oh, was this, like, his thing before he got 30 Rock? I don't know. (laughs) And and Dan tries to point out, like, hey, that's my spot. And the guy, like, pulls the sign out of the, the ground. Yeah, he completely rages. Dan is like trying to scare him away with his little asthma puffer. (laughs) Right. Like, what are you doing with that? For real. (laughs) And then we find out that Billy died in a tragic parasailing accident. Hashtag white people shit. (laughs) R.I.P. And now we're at his funeral. Jerry and Dan are there. And then we see this motorcycle pull into the cemetery like it's driving over headstones disrespectful and it's tom and he literally yells like is this the funeral of billy is that the corpse of billy newman i think that's his last name just yelling and the way the physical acting matthew lillard does where he's just like (laughs) raising his hand and like motioning him over and like 
And then he's like, Dan, are you there too? And so Seth Green raises his hand and like motions him over. So now I feel like I would have been like, if you don't get your ass over here and just like cut it. Just, just doing the fire most. With fire. Yeah. <laughs> doing too much. Get your ass down here. So after the funeral, they go to their clubhouse, which is a tree house in one of their backyards. And they find their like little treasure box. It's labeled DB Cooper's treasure chest and it's locked. And they're like, we're going to have to break the lock on it. But oh, no, no, no. Dan still remembers the combination to it because it's his favorite centerfolds measurements. I thought it at first I had to think about it. I was like, is that the measurements from Brick House? I was like, no. But Dan could do better with his friends. I'm sorry. They I know they're ribbing. But for a good while, it just feels like they're picking on him for a good majority of the film. I mean, at one point, they even try to tell him his asthma is in his head. Excuse me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he has a lot of phobias, but like that asthma is not something you make up. Yeah. And I I really love this because they they have like a signed oath that like they can't get their treasures back until they find D.B. Cooper's treasure. And they're like, it was a blood oath. So you see like these little smears of blood on the paper. And then they're like, Dan, that's not blood. What is that? He's like, it's earwax. I'm afraid of needles. I I stand with him. I mean, he's resourceful, if nothing else. After when we were little and that like after school special movie came out where the boy who had who had gotten AIDS Mm -hmm. from doing those like blood packs or whatever. I was like, yeah. (laughs) I learned from that. I ain't touching nobody's dirty ass knife or needle playing around mixing blood. For what? What? So what's what white people want to do these oaths with blood? <laughs> Never in my life have I ever seen a black kid be like, y'all want to do a blood oath? Nah. Nope. Y'all I, tell I me if I'm wrong. A blood oath. <laughs> well, that was because we grew up watching that special. <laughs> I think by our time, it was like, oh, no, 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 no. Not safe. Not safe. Y'all got alcohol? Like, are we doing this right? I need to swab, clean the area. No sharing knives. Everyone bring their own knives. I could only imagine telling my running into the house and telling my grandma I need a needle or a knife because we're about to do a blood oath. She would be, one, she'd call that witchcraft and devil worship and would not have none of that in her Jesus house. (laughs) (laughs) and i was i wasn't even allowed to whistle growing up because whistle whistling was like i forgot what she would say oh it's like a saying this something about the devil so i wasn't allowed to whistle Hmm. don't know what that's about when he's happy that's how i know he's in a really good mood as he whistles nana would be not so happy (laughs) (laughs) so they so um... oh go ahead uh, I was going to ask, didn't, so they opened the box, what's in the box? Yes. So they opened the box. Oh, and when Billy was going away to college or wherever he was going, when they tried to dress them up as teenagers, Jerry gave him his Indiana Jones compass to like guide his way. So they open the box. It's all their treasures. Dan's is a C-3PO and he does a pretty impressive impersonation of C-3PO. 
I mean, are we surprised? This is the guy who does the voices for Robot, Robot. Chicken. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I'm not surprised, but <laughs> I'm still pleasantly tickled when he does it. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry had a rookie baseball card. Tom had his dad's condom. His first condom. His first rubber, as he says. Yes. That because... he stole from his dad's wallet. And then they notice Billy's compass is in there. And so Jerry's like, Billy's been in this since we locked it. And then they notice a map that has like lots of schematics on it. Like Billy has thoroughly researched D.B. Cooper and he kind of pinpoints where he thinks D.B. Cooper landed. For those of you who don't know, D.B. Cooper is a real person. He stole a bunch of money I believe in the seventies and he, he's, he stole a plane as well. I think maybe it was his plane. I don't know. Here we go. DB Cooper was the name um, that reporters gave to a man in 1971 hijacked an airliner, extorted $200,000 from its owner and parachuted off the airborne plane with 21 pounds of $20 bills strapped to his body. He was never caught and it is generally assumed that he did not survive his parachute landing. So did not know this man existed watching this movie. No, no, never heard of him. Well, on July 8th, 2016, the FBI officially closed the D.B. Cooper investigation after 45 years. Yeah, because they found a treasure. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) This is a true story. And so they figure out because Billy had tried to get them all to go on a like a camping trip last year, like a canoeing camping trip. But Tom was detained in Mexico and so he couldn't go. And they realized it was because Billy didn't want to do it without all of them together. Yeah, because he's mapped out where the treasure was. He put mm -hmm. the compass back in. Yes. And so they decide we're going to go on a little treasure hunt. Let's do it in the name of Billy. To honor Billy. I have to burp. Dan is not for this. He's like, I have a successful practice. I'm a doctor. No, thank you. I was with Dan a lot (laughs) in this movie. I, yeah. You could see it, right? (laughs) and he he's like i have responsibilities and they're like your responsibility (laughs) is to come with us on this trip (laughs) when he said that i just heard tommy pickles i have sponsor no it was angelica i think i don't know who said responsibilities on rugrats but sponsorities (laughs) (laughs) and then jerry points out that we are 30 oh what it's like to be 30 it might be the last seem time. really old. Right? Mm. I'm just glad we don't look 30. We can pull off high school students. <laughs> I mean, black don't crack, but I don't think so. I think <laughs> I think the lowest I could pass for on a good day. 26. <laughs> Still in in the 20s. Yeah, I don't think the some some about these knockers don't feel 16, 17. You know what I mean? 
So Jerry does say we're 30. It might be the last time to do something stupid together. So they embark on a road trip and they're, they have a mixtape that they've created. They had like when they were younger, pretended to be DJs at a radio station. That's who did it. Right. Yes. Totally typical. But then a Dr. Dre song comes on and Tom and Jerry sing the chorus. I just realized Tom and Jerry. (laughs) They sing the chorus, but then Dan starts rapping the whole like lyric. And so they're all kind of looking at him and his response is what? He's a doctor. Doctors study other doctors work. I think this is when I paused and said, Lord, help me get through this movie. <laughs> I think it was incredibly clever. <laughs> right. So now they're kind of in the middle of nowhere, Oregon. They stop in a very tiny town. There's some kids just guiding a pig with sticks. <laughs> and they like encounter a sheriff and they're like, of course, Dan is like ready to tell him everything, his whole mm-hmm. life story. And Tom and Jerry are like, shut the fuck up. And Dax is Jerry, right? Jerry. No, Tom. Tom. Tom starts like really getting all up in the sheriff's face. I'm like, yeah, that's the law, man. <laughs> what are you doing for no reason? Unprovoked. And he, of course, with his lies, he's saying, "Oh yeah, I know how to ra- ride those rapids." I was, <laughs> it was more like the River Wild. You know what the fuck you were doing. This is true. I also like that Jerry says because the the sheriff is like, "You'll never survive out there. Like, it's the wilderness." And Jerry goes, "We were Boy Scouts. I was a Boy Scout. You were a Boy Scout too, right, Tom?" And Tom's response is, no, but I ate a brownie once. And I thought that was funny, too. (laughs) I love lowbrow humor, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying I did. There were parts where I laughed. I don't know if the brownie thing, I was doing something else. And I heard brownie and I assumed he said he was talking about a pot brownie, but. (laughs) I just kept it moving. My bad. So now we are introduced. The river guide, really, he's just renting them the kayak that they're going to be, or the canoe that they're going to be traveling the river with. And he's like, are you sure you guys know how to navigate these rapids? And and Tom Uh is making up shit and like, I've, I've done class. 45 rapids and the river guy was like i don't give a shit if you die out there like i'll get my boat back it has a tracker in it well he asked him what level he was four or five because he said he was an expert and he's like adding shit up or whatever and (laughs) those together (laughs) and then tom takes a glass bottle (laughs) and tries to christen the fucking paddle boat or whatever and he's like fuck he's the the guide is like thanks for putting glass where my kids fucking play yeah like what are we doing here it was Uh. 
it was about this point because up until this point like mentally I was like I know what line's coming next and then after he said that I was like I know this movie way more than I thought (laughs) (laughs) so now they are on their way they are always fucking with Dano so like Tom keeps like putting a stick in his ear and Dan thinks he's being attacked by bugs. So he's putting on bug spray and mosquito poor netting. Thing. Poor, poor thing. And then Who he needs enemies when you have them as friends. Right. <sighs> well, I would have done it once to you. You would have flipped out and then the boat would have been upside down. In the Fuck yes. You already know from <laughs> don't, don't do that. Cause I, I'm not going to have a small reaction. <laughs> I jumped over you your brother and your mom to get out of whatever exorcist movie or the ring i can't remember which movie y'all put me in the middle as if i wasn't gonna run (laughs) nope so dan is singing do you really want to hurt me by culture club he says it's it it soothes him And Tom is telling more lies about how he's making a shit ton of money selling Harleys. And and so they're pretty much just having a heart to heart. Jerry's talking about like he's not sure if he's cut out to have like the typical husband, marriage family, kids, thing. marriage type thing. They do pull over, pull over. They do camp for the night. And Dan was in charge of the foods who he brought like gel protein packs. Now this is where Dan and I forge a different (laughs) fork of the road because I would have never brought those, those snacks. Never, (laughs) never, but it's all right because Tom is going to do some salmon fishing with a flashlight. And Dan's like, there's no fucking way. Like, I bet you $100,000 and my left nut that you don't catch anything. And, like, as soon as the words are out of Dan's mouth, there's being a there's a fish being thrown at him. I so, don't understand, like, why, why did he throw the fish? Well, what else are you supposed to do? Like, get it onto the land. How about bring fish and supplies? <laughs> <laughs> They brought two cases of beer instead. They didn't have room. Oh, so stupid. So, and, and Tom, like, is fucking with Dan again. And is like, I believe you owe me a left nut. So he, like, pulls out a pocket knife and is going after Dan. And it's at that moment they knew they fucked up because now there's a bear entering the scene. Well, the bear comes when... Doesn't he go back and try to get another fish? Yes. And that's, I was like, why didn't y'all throw the fish at the bear? <laughs> but no, they had to traumatize the shit out of Dan. So one of, I, I keep saying one of my favorite parts. I have a lot of favorite parts in this movie, <laughs> but it's Jerry slowly removing his shoes. And Dan's like, <laughs> why are you taking off your shoes, bruh? And and Jerry's like, I run faster without shoes. And essentially he's like, I don't have to run out, outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you, Dan. 
<laughs> so he's taking his fucking shoes off. Oh, the he wasn't even like really like it was like he was grabbing for them, but it's like that it was ether. He couldn't even get them <laughs> off. He was so scared. And I'm like, what kind of friend tells me he's got to outrun me? What's the plan? How are we all getting out of this <laughs> with this fucking bear? Well, did I tell you when uh, we were in the Smoky Mountains after we saw the mama bear and her cubs? It was probably like a couple miles down the road. Ken decides he wants a picture of the Eurovan in the mountains. Mm-hmm. So he parks the Eurovan and gets out. I was like, are you wearing a belt? And he's like, yeah, I'm wearing a belt. Why? I'm like, I just need to know what I can use as a tourniquet when you get mauled by a bear. Because this is dumb shit that you're doing right now. This is white people shit that you're doing right now. Tell You should tell. Okay, I don't have to tell him. Ken, I know you're listening. Eventually, <laughs> this will get to you. Why? why yeah so i get where jerry's coming from because at that point i was like you choose your choice man (laughs) right if someone puts you in a situation then it's all everybody for themselves but they decided to do this together so that was not right yeah and so Uh... uh, they start running from the bear dan trips and falls and so Tom, in all of his made-up fucking wisdom, is like, get in the fetal position. The bear won't bother you if you're in the fetal position. And then the bear does, in fact, bother him in the fetal position. But he doesn't eat him, so... No. He's kind of correct. And I just love that Tom yells, abort the fetal position. <laughs> I was, it, I thought the bear was going to like bite his butthole the way he was approaching him. But he picks him up like a little, little bibe and he thinks it's his cub, which is hard for me to imagine a bear confusing a human being with their, their cub because I mean, they should have their scent. <laughs> And so then the bear's trying to feed Dan and keeps bringing him like rodents and stuff. And and the bear's like getting mad. And so Jerry and Tom are standing over there like, you have to eat it. And so we just see Dan like taking a huge bite of raw flesh. Rabies. Oh my God. He was worried about bugs and stuff. Yo, dude, you could have fucking rabies. You ate raw animal. I didn't even know. I couldn't even recognize what kind of animal that was. I I, thought I was going to throw up. I thought it was maybe a raccoon. That's (laughs) definite rabies. I would die. I'm sorry. I know there's like survival instinct and whatnot. I'm not eating a raw raccoon. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) Mama, I don't want this. I thought we ate porridge around here. Maybe some sushi, some raw fish. Some. I need that. (laughs) So Dan does eventually get away and they all scurry up a tree. Bears climb trees. Yes, that was what I was thinking. I was like, I don't know where y'all think you're going. Can't with a bear, especially a polar bear. You you just might as if a polar bear tries to come for you, if you don't have a helicopter or or a speed snowmobile you're done you might as well just lay there and take it because you gonna die yeah 
Is that your polar bear PSA? (laughs) Yes. I did a report. I still have it to this day on polar bears. It was like my prized possession. Okay. Like your girl thought I know everything about a polar bear. (laughs) And I will tell you. You're going to (laughs) die. I mean, aren't they like 11 feet tall when they stand up? Fuck. And have you seen one without fur? (laughs) so they sleep in the tree the bear eats dan's satellite phone which has the indiana jones theme song as the ring (laughs) which i just went and saw dial of destiny so we've been on a huge indiana jones kick at our house not mad about it at all (laughs) Yeah, I still haven't been able to see it. I thought I was going to be able to see it my birthday weekend, but I might. I just need a day with myself, my popcorn, and my man <laughs> to say a final, goodbye, a final goodbye. Yeah, but I... right now your girl is ready for Barbie. That's all. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed Indiana Jones. Uh, I thought it was... The perfect conclusion. I saw Gavin say that he thought it was a little long. I didn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. There is some silly like inaccuracies to it, like scientific inaccuracies and stuff. But yeah, it just it made me feel how it should make me feel. Yeah. Did you feel tingly in your downstairs like me? I did not feel tingly downstairs. That's a shame. I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> well, our mutual samosas and popcorn went to see it. She ranked her like all of the Indiana Jones movies, and she actually named that one her number one, actually. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I still maintain if I could only watch one movie for the rest of my life, it would be Indiana Last Jones Grace Last Crusade. Scene. It's my absolute favorite. Dial of Destiny might be my number two now. Mm. Yeah, the aliens and Shia LaBeouf, I can't. That one I didn't. It wasn't, I didn't hate it, but those are the two things that I was like, "Mm." (laughs) that was the miss, you know? Yeah, well, and the swinging through the trees like monkeys. Also, like, I'm sorry. Shia LaBeouf being Harrison Ford's son, I need to be on that casting team because what the (laughs) fuck are we talking about right now? (laughs) Be fucking for real. Now I need to rank my Indiana Jones. So it'd be Last Crusade number one, Dial of Destiny number two, Temple of Doom number three, Crystal Skull number four, and then Raiders number five. I don't know because I haven't seen the new one. We'll report back. I'll just I'll rank that my favorite actors in the movie. Uh, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. (laughs) Harrison Ford. You can't even give Karen Allen some love. Harrison Ford. (laughs) (laughs) Stoner Chicks. We're four friends who met through comedy and bonded through weed. I'm Grace Penzel. I'm Kayla Teal. I'm Stephanie Thompson. I'm Phoebe Richards. If you love smoking weed and laughing with your friends, 
This podcast is for you. Weekly episodes will drop on Fridays starting April 2nd. So subscribe now to Stoner Chicks wherever you get your podcasts. Coming to your favorite podcatcher soon. (laughs) Now back to the movie. The next morning, they're kind of assessing the bears torn about apart most of their supplies. They do still have the canoe, and then they hear explosions, and so they see dumb so, and dumber. I, yeah, I wrote in my notes hillbillies, and then I was like, that is a derogatory term. What can I call them that is not country folk? I I wrote backwoods gentlemen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. So I do like Dumb and Dumber and probably from this point forward, we'll call them Dumb and Dumber, but, or maybe I'll just call them Leonard and Skinner because that's what their dog's names were. Dimwits come to mind as well. Well, one was not dumb. One, Ethan was dumb. Hmm. Who plays Elwood. And so they're essentially fishing with dynamite because- (laughs) They're nitwits. The the dynamite, dimwit, and danger. Just saying. (laughs) So, Um, yeah, they're blowing up. They're fishing with dynamite, which is just so harmful to and unnecessary. Yeah. But the guys know enough to, like, hide because clearly... And and Dan wants to go home, and, and Tom's like, sure, let's climb back up. We... We haven't even gone over. Never mind. That's an, another part. So they get they want to get back on the river. Dan's like, okay, but we I want to launch from the other side to get away from these guys. The map has a big bear paw claw tear through it, which Jerry doesn't tell them. Instead of saying like the map is destroyed, he's just pretending everything is okay. And so, of course, uh, he doesn't see that there was a fork in the river and you needed to stay to the left. So they go to the right. It's a bunch of really dangerous cat, uh, not cat five. That's a hurricane. Mm. Uh, (laughs) There's a a series of level five rapids. I don't know what they call rapids. And then they, they kind of go through that. They get knocked out of the canoe. It gets tipped over. Jerry is an avid surfer, so he climbs on top of the canoe and throws Dan a line, gets him to safety. They get back in the canoe. They think they're okay. And then, oh no, waterfall. And so. Luckily it was a small waterfall because I think one of (laughs) one of my unrational, irrational fears is going over like a really huge waterfall. And it's irrational because a bitch ain't putting herself in that circumstance. (laughs) But I'm still fearful of it. Fair. And so now the canoe is smashed and they have to start traipsing through the forest. I would have been real scared. Yeah. Jerry is excited because he still has the compass and they're like it came out of a cereal box like we don't even know if it fucking works right like okay it's great that you brought the compass as like memorabilia but y'all should have packed real things yeah 
And Dan has been wearing a fanny pack the whole time. So they still have a couple of supplies because right. they're in Dan's fanny pack. Um, <laughs> As I watched 80 for Brady with Nana and it, <laughs> Sally Field's character calls it a strap on. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> what a straight face. She's like, it's a strap on. Because see, she like, but she doesn't wear it around her fanny. She she, she puts it or around like, and she's like, because he's strapping on. And they're like, that's not what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> oh, side note. Hmm. Have I talked to you about claim to fame? Yes, Jackie. I know you guys got to watch it. I've got mom and John hooked. They're watching the first season. I want to be hooked again on one of these stupid reality shows. It's a it's a really quick watch. It's eight episodes. Season one is eight episodes. And there's two episodes of season two. I got my notebook. I got my handy dandy notebook. I'm like Harriet Spy, Danielle. Jackie, you should you be proud. already told me. <laughs> I know you're excited. I'm going to support you by watching because thank you. I haven't seen you all turned up about something in a while, so. I will support you. I'll try to watch it this weekend. Everyone should watch Claim to Fame. It's on Hulu and airs on ABC because apparently ABC still exists as a channel that has regular programming. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's at this point where Dan is like, I want to go home. This trip is done. And they're like, yeah, let's just climb back over the waterfall and go up 20 miles of river like what do you want us to do? Like, we can't, we just have to find our way out of the woods now, essentially. And then we hear Creed, which is so perfect for the next scene that's about to happen because Creed, the, the, the band. Yes. Okay. I, <laughs> I automatically thought of Creed from the office and I was like, wait a minute. He's not in this movie. <laughs> they literally say in the movie i hear creed i'm sorry i I, i'm aware i just (laughs) and then you hear and with arms wide open (laughs) (laughs) so it is leonard and skinnard they have kind of a trailer compound in the middle of the woods and oh by the way they are pot farmers so they go, they're trying to hide from, from them. Tom's trying to steal pot and Dan's just like, I'll write you a prescription. Stop stealing shit. <laughs> like we got to get gone. Right. And then they accidentally knock something over. And so they are caught. They're trying to talk their way out of it. And then eventually they take Dan and throw him through the back of the barn wall this is such a slight, this whole movie was such a slight on vertically challenged people. Not wrong. Yeah. And so they start running through the pot field, but Elwood, the dumber of the two, had <laughs> set up flare traps. So they were like booby traps where if you took the line, <laughs> like flare why? Why not put like bear traps or where you, or like, a net that hang you from a tree why fire (laughs) on your pot farm yeah because what you think might happen does happen the entire field catches on fire 
And I also do really enjoy this scene where they're like running and they're scared. And all of a sudden they're like hysterically laughing because they are now high. Do you think you can get high that fast? I don't know. I don't, I'm not an expert in that area. Well, I mean, I don't know. I just, I questioned how, I questioned how quickly you could get that high that quickly the only thing i know is i i'm assuming if you inhale it it is quicker because it enters your bloodstream Mm. whereas like edibles you have to they take so long because you have to digest them i don't know (laughs) some people some people i know be flying pretty quickly on on the edibles but some some people yes jackie (laughs) I said some people. <laughs> so, and then I I love Dan gets paranoid. And so he's like, my patients are going to know that their doctor got high. And then all of a sudden he's like, I have no legs and falls down. And I'm like, this isn't like at at some points it feels like it's almost like a hallucinogenic and I'm like that's not what pot does I don't know from experience but I can say from people I hear that some people think that weed can relax them and some people have another reaction which is that they become even more anxiety fueled some people may even take dryer sheets and try to put it in their hair because they think that may make them smell less like pot just saying it heightens <laughs> things dan also becomes neo from the matrix because now they're being <laughs> shot at um, let's not so i was like okay we're doing we're doing fine in this movie so far yes they're being bullies to dan i wasn't sure if it was going to pass the the, the bechdel test but I was like, I'm going to ride it through. But then this very fucking unnecessary scene where Tom, because one of the heckle and jackal over there, they've got guns with like the laser things or sniper shots or whatever. Yes. And Tom runs in front of it so that he can have a laser right in the middle of his forehead and then do a horrible Indian like accent and it's just like oh i was so so annoyed because like not funny no and, and i do agree and that part made me cringe i would say aside from that there were not any parts that didn't really age well like it was yeah. all just Aside from the one blatant racist thing, right? Everything else was fine. <laughs> well, other movies I mean, we watch are filled with. I know. I'm just saying it. It, they, it doesn't make it any better. No. But, um, and- but I was like, oh man, damn, this was not bad. It's not the worst we've seen worse, and we're gonna see worse. But I was just like, oh, well, it just annoyed it. me. Speaking of the Bechdel test. This movie passes. I know. By a man. <laughs> it's because the girls were talking about their pooping and they were talking about the rain. And Earth Child. Their Earth home. Child. Yeah. 
So Rachel and Blanchard, flower and and butterfly. So yeah, Rachel Blanchard, aka the other share from Clueless. Which, by the way, I just found out that that they make Clueless dolls, but of the TV show and not the movie. That's so Rachel tragedy. Rachel Blanchard has one, but not Alicia Silverstone. Hmm. I might have to dig some more, but color me surprised. <laughs> so let me see okay so dan does the matrix move to dodge the bullets and then jerry starts hallucinating just flat out hallucinating he thinks he sees childhood billy running with them running with him and then they all run into a river lake or a creek or some body of water and they hide by using reeds to breathe, breathe underneath the water. Your girl wouldn't have made it, okay? <laughs> I've tried snorkeling. It's just my my brain and my body are like, nah, we underwater. That don't make no sense. Don't make no sense. Don't care if you give me this straw. This ain't right. So unfortunately, again, for Dan, a bug climbs into his reed to him and so he's panicking underwater but dumb and dumber just chalk it up to bullfrogs and they go and search for the trio in other locations dan comes up the the bug flies out of his mouth so he did not swallow but now he's convinced it laid eggs in his stomach as he should i would be (laughs) terrified I'm getting a full fucking workup when I get home from this trip from hell. And so now Dan is pissed. He's just like yelling at everyone. He's calling everyone out like, Tom, like you lie about fucking everything. Jerry, you don't tell people how you feel, which is why your girlfriend never knows like where you're at. Like we all like pretty much grow up and be adults. And then as he's calling Tom a bunch of names, he's like, you and your bullet wound. And they're like, oh, fuck, Tom's been shot. It's just a graze. It is just a graze. And good thing Dr. Mott has his little handy dandy fanny pack. It's just so funny, like how scared of everything he is, but he has no problem stitching up a wound. Yeah. And (laughs) just like blood is not a problem for him. Yeah. But he he confesses that he's afraid of almost everything, including cellophane, because he thinks somehow <laughs> it's going to get wrapped around his head and he's going to suffocate. Isn't there a song in Chicago called Mr. Cellophane? Yes. <laughs> yes, there is. <sighs> we do see a cut scene of Dumb and Dumber arming up. They're strapping on all their ammo, grenades guns and, and a knife that he can't take the meat cleaver it's oh, his favorite right. but he's told to leave it behind and sorry do they hear the the, the bear phone. again yeah yes <laughs> so, so they, since the bear ate his phone they hear the indiana jones song yeah and so they go to look for it but the bear it's still in the bear and so they're <laughs> like oh oh shit we got to get away from this bear Meanwhile, uh, Dumb and Dumber are tracking them by their phone. Right, by their tracks, yeah. 
And so they, Tom does tr- climb a tree to to try and get a survey of the land and see where which direction they need to head. But then he sees flower and butterfly in their home, a giant redwood called Earth Mother, and they're bathing one another. It is. <laughs> yes, it passes the Bechdel test, but also like, <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's just, the thing is, like, when you when you go back and watch these 90s, 2000s, even 80s movies, like, I don't know any women who act like this. Jackie, you and I never, 25 years of friendship, have been in a tree and bathed each other in water <laughs> in clothes. Nope. <sighs> no, we have not. But, and I want to make it clear, Jackie and I have not bathed each other at all. Clothes are not clothes. <laughs> I didn't want to leave that open for suggestions. It's true. <laughs> so Flower and Butterfly invite them up. Tom gives Jerry the force name Slug, which my friend just moved to the Pacific Northwest and her daughter is enamored with the the size of the slugs there (laughs) and has started a slug club and I was like oh I love the slugs in the Pacific Northwest and so no I'm part of the slug club but not slughorn slug club Millie's slug club got it (laughs) both interesting And so Flower and Butterfly are very accommodating. They hang up their clothes to dry so that all the dudes are sitting around in their boxers. Been in the tree 287 days, but they do have a radio for supplies from the Earth Child Network. So they do end up radioing. Tom is trying to hit on them the entire time. And Jerry's just like, radio. Like you said you had a radio. <laughs> and and one of them's more interested in Dan. Like the yes. they're not paying any attention to Tom. I I think she even kisses him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so Jerry calls into the radio, but Dumb and Dumber intercept it. And but so before they that, they uh-huh. tell them about how to poop. Yes. So they feed them and then Dan needs to to poop. And so they're like, you you carry it in, you carry it out. There's paper bags. Go up there, shit in the bag. And then when you leave, take the bag with you. Didn't she give him an acorn? No, a pine cone. Oh, yeah. He's like, what about toilet paper? And she hands him a pine cone. What, 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 what are we doing with that? <laughs> no, for Just very real. gingerly. Where's it going? I'm legitimately asking. Like How that could, working? Uh, maybe because it it has scraping capabilities. I mean, I would have gone with a leaf, but so what you telling me <laughs> is I got to spread my cheeks and stick this pine cone up my booty. <laughs> So not, it can scrape out poop? Not in the booty hole. In between the cheeks? In between the, in betwixt the cheeks. Well, what if I get a splinter? 
that's a risk you're going to have to take. Or I you're don't gonna believe have, it. I don't believe it. Or you're going to have swamp ass. <laughs> I swear, white people will do anything not to use a washcloth. Anything. Pine cones. Jesus. So the two idiots show up. And start trying to cut down the tree. This is when there's kind of like a, a line going from the tree down to another tree. And so they stand, Jerry and Tom, all escape off of that zip line. While... I would be able to do it. Why not? I'm terrified of zip lines. I just did mm. a zip line in Asheville. It was lovely. No, I'm just afraid. Like, nothing will make me more upset. Than for my obituary to say, bitch was ziplining. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how she, she caught her death. I don't want to. I don't want she to She went be out taken. doing what she loved. That's not what I love. That's scary. Ain't nothing below me. No harness. You're Mm-mm. in a harness on the zipline. No, but then I'm like, I'm not free to try to move if some shit go down. No, I can't. <laughs> I'm not dying amongst the trees like that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm terrified of heights. No. Mm -mm. One day, Danielle, one day I'll take you Mm -hmm. ziplining. Jackie, I just told you I'm deadly scared. Her response is one day. That's not a fear I need to conquer. (laughs) (laughs) Not a fear I need to conquer. So while um, the boys are getting away, the girls are distracting the backwoods gentlemen by throwing their used poop bags down upon them. That poop was nice and liquidy. Yeah, it it was a good little grenade, if you will. Look, all it would take is for one bag of shit. (laughs) (laughs) before i'm done and they got shit piled on quite a bit yep oh that's a, oh you want to talk about a fear oh someone else's shit on me oh god <laughs> <laughs> so they end up the boys end up stealing the hill not hillbilly backwards <laughs> gentlemen's atvs and dan does what a lot of people do i mean Mm -hmm. i feel like dan had a lot of coping strategies yeah before we knew what coping strategies were a question is 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 hillberry billy really does do people get really upset about that i mean i googled it and it said it was a derogatory term oh what about the beverly hills hillbillies oh i like that show I don't know what I'm not to do saying with that. It. I'm, just, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just like, I didn't know. I learned yeah. new. Okay. Well, and I didn't know either, and that's why I Googled it. And so I'm trying not to use. Oh, I can't. I can't even say the word in reference. I, what I, What happens when we do the movie? I what mean, are we gonna do? Not refer to them as hillbillies, but say the title of the movie. Got it. Got it. I'm learning too, y'all. Yep. 
all we can do is try to be better yeah sorry <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> so dan's process for kind of disassociating from the danger he's in is to make speeder bike noises from star wars <laughs> <laughs> And he does say, it's my process, leave me alone. So now, but when they left the tree, they were still only in their undies. So now they're just in the woods Which in their I undies. Did, I didn't understand because they had enough time to grab their clothes. I think they were still wet, trying to put wet clothes. Wet in. clothes in the wilderness better than boxers and whitey tidies in the, in the woods. I don't know. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so another one of my beloved parts is when it's getting dark, they're all freezing, and, and Dan's like, we should huddle together for warmth, and and Jerry says, I for one choose death if that's the only option, <laughs> but the cold overtakes them, and they start spooning, so it's Jerry is the largest spoon, Dan is the middle spoon and Tom is the little spoon. And then Jerry starts whispering like, hey, Dan, remember those girls talking about being in the tree and the rain and the tantric orgasm? Poor little Dan pops a bone. Before we get there, Uh we have R. Kelly playing, which... (laughs) Also, why does Dan take off his fanny pack in order to cuddle? Get closer to Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and the way he does it is so extra as if like he was taking off his bra or something. <laughs> so he does, oh, damn it, another R. Kelly song that I want to like and I can't. Hmm. So Bump and Grind does play while this scene is happening and poor Dan gets a boner reminiscing about the the tree women and Tom is none too pleased about that poke in his backside. I, I mean like how did he not know that was gonna happen? Yeah. But they get caught. Yeah. <laughs> they get caught like dry hunching in, in the middle of the the woods by burt reynolds i didn't recognize him at first because it's dark Mm -hmm. and he has a gun i believe and he makes them follow him to his hut in the woods which yeah right cabin (laughs) and his whole (laughs) (laughs) it's harry potter to me (laughs) and his part in this movie is a nod to the movie deliverance where which is another movie where friends go on a rafting trip together and things don't turn out so great so he brings them to his shed i mean cabin and he lights a fire and they're kind of obviously they're scared of him and but they then think he's db cooper and he's like no um, he's actually quite nice. I don't know why he had to use the gun to threaten them to come to his cabin instead of just saying, like, I will I save think... you. Does he hold the... He has Maybe... something. Well, he does have a gun. I, I I, can't remember if he, like, points it at them to get them to follow him or not. 
I have two theories. One is he just has the gun on him for protection because there are bears in the woods. Right. The other one is if he did point it at them, maybe he was trying to figure out, are they part of like the sheriff scam, the -hmm. sheriff drug ring, or are they like legit just like lost? Yeah. What if he just caught a sex party and he was yucking their yum, you know, like mind your business. Well, he did say, hurry up and get dressed. I've been alone for 30 years. So he probably would have joined the party. (laughs) And so they they all have these clothes that are like from the 70s because essentially his name is Dell. He was supposed to rendezvous with his friend D.B. Cooper Mm -hmm. once he landed and then D.B. never landed. And so Dell just stayed and waited for 30 years. He was a ride or die, man. I don't know, Jackie. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to wait 30 years in the cabin. That don't even make any logical sense. Are you going to carry my bones in a backpack? Yes. Okay, good. That's all I need. Just carry me wherever you go. See how quickly I said yes? Well, <laughs> when I asked you what would happen if, if the Disney World didn't exist, You'd be like, oh, there's other Disney worlds. I told my mom that and she was like, well, there are other Disney worlds. I was like, I can't. Yes. <laughs> Matthew Lillard. Is it Matthew Lillard that's wearing the J.J. Walker t-shirt? Yes. <laughs> Dino Mike. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. And then Jerry goes outside to relieve himself and he hears the indiana jones theme song again and finds the phone and a pile pile of bear scat (laughs) he tooted out that he tooted out that phone (laughs) but like how clean could you get that phone at this point like there's no fucking way but they've also been chased and almost killed several times so so they're over poop yes um I, go ahead i do love that at the end of the movie the phone or i don't know at some part in the movie they see the phone and there's a picture of the bear as if the bear did a selfie <laughs> of himself i think <laughs> herself as jerry was or as dan was dropping the phone like he was trying to take a picture of the bear and then he dropped the phone i don't know but it does look <laughs> like a bear selfie it does in this 2004 flip phone that we got. <laughs> but Jerry calls Denise to check in with her and let her know, like, he's for all intent and purposes, okay? And then the answering machine used to say, like, Jerry and Denise can't come to the phone because they're doing it. And she has changed the greeting to Jerry and Denise are no longer doing it. If you need Denise, call my cell phone. Burn. That's a lot. She was doing a lot. <laughs> she was doing a lot. But like also, I know that you've been worried about Denise and you've had revelation, re- rele- revelations, <laughs> but call Popo and get your ass saved. Like, what are we doing? What are we really talking about here? Agreed. Not wrong. Um, and, and then it's too late because here comes Dumb and Dumber. Yep. shooting up the phone shooting up the the yeah they shoot and hit the phone 
shooting up the cabin. So Dell gives directions on how to get to the approximate site of where like DB was supposed to land because Dell does say like you can get, you can make more money. Like you can earn more money. You can do all these things, but the one thing you can't get back is time. So don't waste your time. Like do the things you love, tell the people, tell people that you love them, spend time with people. And so Jerry starts using the compass to try and follow Dell's directions. And he realizes the area is really heavy in iron. I think that's what he said. Yeah. Yep. So the it's throwing off the compass. So because he has like an analytical brain, he figures out like we should be heading this way, even though the compass is pointing this way. And so they're walking and trying to find DB. They fall through a mine shaft and lo and behold, they found the remains of DB Cooper. He had broken both of his legs in the parachute landing. And then they notice that he doesn't have any money with him because he had burned it all trying to stay warm. And they're like, even at the end, like money is not worth anything. It like you'll use it to try and save your life. Is the lesson they took from that. They do notice that there is a bit of light shining through the wall. And so it's like the ventilation shaft. And the only one small enough to get through is Dan. So Dan's real nervous. Dan had had a moment where he was like, fuck y'all. I'm not scared anymore. Come at me, bro. But then like trying to climb (laughs) through this little ventilation shaft, he was none too pleased. And so Jerry and Tom start singing culture club club. to to talk him through it and of course that's how dumb and dumber find him find them and then they start singing yes we really do want to hurt you yes and at this (laughs) point dan has finally got to the surface and he can see them and he's like gathered all his bravery at this point to try to knock the two guys into the pit so to save his friends because they've got their guns and they're going to try to shoot up Mm -hmm. the hole and he does, he does get them to fall down. They don't hurt themselves enough. <laughs> and so now Tom and Jerry have to literally fight them to to try to like get out. And it's a lot of mayhem and hijinks going on in this fight. And then the sheriff shows up, which makes obviously you think, okay, everything's going to be good. And so they get all four of them out of the hole, but then there's a switcheroo and we find out the sheriff is actually the whole, he's the, yeah, (laughs) he's the big bad behind it all. And those two knuckleheads actually work for him. So they're, they've got the three of the guys at gunpoint, but at one point, one of the guys drops a grenade and they were able to grab it. And their Tom, no, Jerry was actually going to like sacrifice himself to throw the grenade so the guys can run away, but they don't. <laughs> and I like this part because that's when Dan's, he's like, I, I was going to sacrifice myself. You guys should have run and ran away. And Dan's like, I'm not, I can't read minds. <laughs> like, how am I supposed to know this? You gotta tell this me is, the plan. This is the same guy who told him I'm I'm taking my shoes off so I can outrun you. Yeah. And now I'm supposed to know you're gonna take a grenade for me like Bruno Marsin. 
<laughs> well, he does. He drops the he. One of the bad guys butts him with the end of his gun. He drops the grenade. The bad guys start running away. Jerry picks up the grenade and throws it at them. And so they kind of are thrown backwards when it explodes, but they start getting up like they're like they're uninjured yeah. from the grenade blast. And but a tree falls on them. They would not be alive. <laughs> no, the way that even the way that the tree fell, <laughs> like it looked like it squashed them. Yeah. Like bugs. But fine, I'll take it. And then we see them arrested at the courthouse and the guys are known as local heroes for doing one of the biggest drug busts in the state or something like that. Yep. And then they see what Burt Reynolds character, what's his name again? Dell. Dell. He has now decided to let go of DB and he's going to go well, live his he's life. He's completed his part of the agreement. Right, because he's got his bones in his bag. But apparently DB did not burn all the money because he had to keep his friends cut. And somehow Dell doesn't take them. Like, you, you've literally been off the grid this whole time, but you're not taking any money to, like, start your life again? Yeah. Or maybe he, he just, just left him off. some? Maybe he didn't take it all. Right. But there's like $100,000 and they are like, let's put it three ways. But then Jerry's like, no, I think I'm good. And then Dan's like, I think I'm good. And so they're going to give it to Tom because clearly he's got a bad credit score. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's got and, debts. And the way Dan phrases it, at least for his cut, is I bet you $100,000. And so like that money is yours. I owe you that money anyway. And the movie closes because Tom's like, thank y'all, thank y'all, but Dan, you still owe me a left nut. Come here. <laughs> yeah, I think that was good that they gave him the money, but I also I feel so. like y'all should have invested some of it because how you can't trust someone who hasn't been good money this whole right. time to just now have $100,000. Yeah, like he's it, like he's going to have to put in the work and what if he doesn't? And then all of that hundred thousand is like yeah, in Vegas I would, now. Yeah, I wouldn't trust it. Yeah. So the the last few scenes, Jerry goes home. He calls to leave a message on the machine asking for another chance, but he's actually in the room. So she, Denise turns around and he proposes to her. She says yes. And then we see Dan with flower in the treehouse, and so he has his the whole movie he was talking about how like he gets so nervous and tongue-tied around women he can't meet anyone so now he has his person and then the last scene of the movie is tom is now, now a scout master a little fast and loose on the the requirements to be a scout master since he's been detained multiple times it seems like well, we've already seen all the cases that have come out about the Boy Scouts, so yeah. not hard to believe. And he he's telling all these tall tales of do, doing all these dangerous class five rapids and stuff. 
And then one of the Boy Scouts asks, what is a downstairs? Because that's how they refer to a woman's hmm. crotchal lady parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that is without a paddle. Praise Jesus, we did it. <laughs> Fun facts that we missed along the way. The bear in the film is an Alaskan Kodiak bear, which is it? Yeah, it's Kodiak or mm-hmm. is it Kodak? Kodiak. The bear in the film is an Alaskan Kodiak bear, which are not found in Oregon. The only bear species found in Oregon is the black bear. Interesting. What kind of bears are here in Florida? Because I didn't know they were here until one day I was on a back road and I was terrified to know that we're in the same breathing space. Florida black bear. Jeez, I don't want to see it. So according to the New Zealand website stuff, during film production, a delicately worded memo circulated that women on their moons shouldn't go near Bart, who is the bear. (laughs) You don't have to tell me twice. (laughs) I wouldn't even be on the set. You tell me when that bear is not there. (laughs) I'm not covered. In one of the scenes, Jerry, played by Matthew Lillard, says, you sure have a purdy mouth, which is loosely based on a line from Deliverance by the actor Herbert Coward, whom Burt Reynolds suggested for the part. If I am not mistaken, the actor made up the line on the spot and they kept it in the movie. It's now one of the most recognized from from the movie. Thanks. I didn't even I don't remember seeing that part. It's at the beginning where the sheriff's kind of in, or, or no, uh, when they first get into town and he, okay. and they're like, where are we? He's like between bum fuck and you sure have a purdy mouth. Gotcha. Know this movie too well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Without a Paddle was filmed on the central North Island of New Zealand and on the rivers just north of Wellington. And Zach, uh, Dax Shepard, Seth Green, and Matthew Lillard did the majority of their stunts. As Jackie said, huh? It was pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> it's no Tom Cruise, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would have gotten hurt immediately, but... <laughs> The movie has produced one sequel, like Jackie said, Without a Paddle, Nature's Calling from 2009, which was made and released about five years after the original movie. Both pictures are set in the American state of Oregon, but unlike the first of the two films, which was shot entirely in New Zealand, doubling for Oregon, the sequel was actually filmed in Oregon. I don't even know what the premise of that movie is. Thank God it's out of our time frame, so we don't have to do it. But we still have to do this son of the mask. You don't mess with a classic like we without a paddle, Danielle. Right. (laughs) Most of the outdoor camping scenes were shot inside a very large warehouse. Oh, okay. After the boys ride their canoe over the waterfall, Jerry and Dan asked Tom where he was a river guide after he tells them where he also says he was employee of the month, which is also a lie. Dak Shepard goes on to play Vince in the film employee of the month in 2006. Another movie. I'm glad it's outside of our time frame. (laughs) (laughs) 
Tell the people where they can find us. Before we get into our ratings, don't forget to check us out at No More Late Fees on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, and now Threads. Fucking Zuckerberg got us again. (laughs) We're going to check it out. We're going to see how it does. So far, it's missing a few elements, but we're there. So if you haven't followed us on Instagram, follow us there, and it should automatically follow us on threads as well. And shout out to Andrew. He sent me a message this morning saying he's following no more late fees on threads. So <laughs> early adopter. Love Yay. to see <laughs> Yeah, I think before we got on the call, we had like 300 follows, which I, I think is great that it automatically followers makes it easier to not have to work as hard to start on. Oh, one thing we missed was the scene that's behind me, which is at Billy's funeral. This woman is like dry humping the casket (laughs) that she's going to miss Billy so much. And I just feel like I'd like to do that once at least to an (laughs) ex-lover's casket. (laughs) Billy was quite the Lothario, it seems. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jackie. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to be surprised, but what is your today rating of this movie up I, I still own it i own it on itunes i watch it pretty frequently it, it is one of my comfort movies it just makes me happy watching it oh i didn't hate it i don't have the nostalgia behind it as much as i love matthew lillard and seth green i you know i do like this genre of a treasure hunt yes so, but I don't see myself watching it again. So I'm going to give it a two-day rental. That's okay. Oh, and I looked it up. And the only movie Seth Green and Matthew Lillard have been in together is Scooby-Doo 2, which feels wrong in my soul. I think it's because it's, so it's like a square, right? You've got Seth Green, you've got Matthew Lillard, and those two are very connected to Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar. That's yeah. what makes it feel like these two should have been in more movies because Seth Green and Sarah Michelle Gellar have been acting in Friends since they were children. Yeah. And as you know, Matthew Lillard and Freddie Prince Jr. are in like five, six movies. Yeah, I think it's five. And then Seth Green has been in movies with Freddie Prince Jr. too. So like it's just a lot of crossover there. How many Matthew Lillard movies have we done now? We've done 13 Ghosts, Scream, Without a Paddle. But she's all that. She's all that and Hackers. Five. I will ride that Lillard train till the <laughs> wheels come off. <laughs> yeah. Every time I see him, I'm just so happy he's here. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of sucks that he was not in Can't Hardly Wait because I kind of feel like it feels like he's missing from there. Yes. But, and for Seth Green, we've done Can't Hardly Wait in this movie. Have we done any more? Has he done anything else so far? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Yeah. And this is, I think, our first Dak Shepard movie. Yes, because I feel like this is one of his first movies. He started on punk, uh, punked. Right. 
I was wondering if Ashton actually recommended him for the movie when he had to do Butterfly Effect because they were close friends. That's what I was wondering too. Yeah, like Dax's time period is more like 2010s because it coincided with that man that was everywhere that I can't stand. The one who's in, I think, Employee of the Month and... Oh, Dane Cook. (gasps) So glad we don't have to deal with him. Oh, the worst. Except he's in, there's one movie I can stand that he's in, and it's called Dan, Dan in Real Life with Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. I like that movie a lot. Anywho, well, quick drop. Have, <laughs> well, if you have feedback for us, want to express your Matthew Lillard, Seth Green love as we do, hit us up. At our quick drop, 909-601-NMLF, 909-601-6653. Twat us at the Twitters or leave a message on our Spotify for Podcasters account and you can be featured on a future episode. And join us next week as we rewind back to one of our favorite season one episodes. Well, mine at least. The great debate that is the parent trap, the Lindsay Lohan version as it is approaching its 25th anniversary. Wow. (laughs) I beg to differ. And as always, be kind and rewind.